Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Up to Some Good. Today, I have Herman Wong with me. Herman is one of the founders of Beams Coffee, a coffee brand that he launched with his sisters Sharon and Chamonix in 2020. Initially, we wanted to do the podcast with all three siblings, but we decided that it might be our voices might overlap too much. But I still want to give a big shout out to Sharon and Cham. You guys are all amazing and congratulations for launching Beams. So having always been interested in startups, Herman spent the past few years in Shenzhen and Shanghai, working for various startups and hoping one day to launch a business himself. Right before COVID, Herman experienced a health scare and underwent heart surgery. This incident is what inspired him and his siblings to launch Beams Coffee, Hong Kong's first adaptogenic coffee brand. Beams integrates plant-based nutrients and adaptogenic mushrooms into its blends to enhance the nutritional value of its coffee. Each coffee capsule is made of compostable sugarcane and paper-based capsules that you can easily pop right into your Nespresso coffee machine. As of now, Beams is only available in Hong Kong, but I know that Herman and his siblings are working hard to make Beams available in more places in Hong Kong as well as around the world. And today, Herman is actually dialing in from Sydney because I think he's been here since 2020 because uh, of a wedding. And then because of COVID, he was stuck in Sydney for a while. So I'm very grateful that we're able to connect over Zoom. Hi, Herman. Hi, Claudia. Thank you for joining me today. To celebrate our podcasting, I'm actually drinking a cup of beams. Fantastic. <laughs> so before I ask you more about beams, I actually want to start off by asking what is your favorite way to have coffee? Uh-huh. Uh, well, I like it. Well, my coffee, at least. I like it shot, black, no milk. And in terms of flavors, I, I have a preference for immunity. It's a bit darker, bit stronger. Mm. So what type of mushroom or, or ingredients is in immunity? That's the reishi. I have reishi in that, inside of the immunity one. And it's by itself, reishi is a bit bitter, but with the coffee, mm-hmm. it actually tastes mm-hmm. better. Okay, so actually for listeners who are not so familiar with beams or even the idea of adaptogenic coffee, can you just explain or summarize what that means? Yeah, sure. I think a lot of people get caught up on the adaptogenic word. So it's really, really, um, you know, really, really simple way. Adaptogens are just herbs. That's just super intelligent. And basically, they have compounds in it that help you modulate your body. So let's say if you're feeling tired, some adaptogens help you increase your endurance and help you feel less tired. Or if you're feeling stressed, some adaptogens help you to de-stress. And that's quite, like, that's the most simplest way of describing adaptogens. Oh, so are all adaptogens plant-based? Yeah, yeah, mostly. Adaptogens are not only mushrooms. They can be any type of herb. Yeah. So there's obviously we use mushrooms, but for example, ashwagandha, that's a root. You call it a herb, not a mushroom at all. So, you know, they come in many forms. (laughs) Okay. So why did you choose to mainly use mushrooms for Beam's coffee? Well, I think we... I think I got led to mushrooms by, well, I consulted with a clinical nutritionist about my nutrition. I think I got led to the, to the watering hole, per se, by, by my nutritionist. And I just 
finding out about the mushrooms and what's in them, what they do. I was just kind of captivated with the idea of mushrooms being able to help people. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I've got my assumptions about mushrooms, you know, in my food or, you know, when I see them, when I walk through, um, like, yeah, when I walk through in my morning walks in the forest. And you I know, love that morning walks in the forest. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't do that in Hong Kong. Yeah, I'm so blessed to be in Sydney at the moment that I can actually do that. But, you know, like just knowing that something out there is already growing and actually has that ability to help you out health wise, I just found it so fascinating and just captured my imagination. Mm -hmm. So I understand that you first was inspired to launch Beams, like a, a more, a healthier type of coffee, because you experienced heart surgery. A while ago. Can you tell me a bit more about that experience and what made you become more health aware? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's never nice to go into a normal GP checkup and get no news that, oh, yes. Um, Sorry to say this, but Herman, you've got a irregular heartbeat. And I had no clue what what an irregular heartbeat was. So it turns out my heart was pumping two beats instead of just one. So normally it would just be boom, boom, boom. Mine was doing boom, 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 boom. It was almost like heavy metal. Oh, wow. Um, and But this was something yeah. you only found out in your, like recently. So you didn't know about this before or in your childhood. No, I mean, this never ever occurred to me. And so yeah. it was only three years ago now. I came back from Shanghai to see my parents in Sydney, went for a checkup. And yeah, they, they just did a normal check of my, of my pulse. And they found out that my hobby was doing something weird. Right. Okay. Yeah. But at least this is something that is uh, fixable through heart surgery. Yeah. Yeah. It's all fixed now. So amazing people helped me out here. Like I was super lucky to actually see some really great specialists. Yeah. Like I'm again, truly blessed. Yes. And like the, it wasn't major heart surgery, but it was, it did require like mm-hmm. them freezing bits of my heart so that Sorry, freezing, no freezing bits of your heart. Yeah. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so, I didn't uh, know that was possible. <laughs> it's got a heart ablation. So okay. they take, I think they're rods or whatever, the wires or almost wires. They, they take it through your, and this might sound disgusting now. They take it through your groin, through your heart, and then they take, they either burn it or they freeze parts of your heart so mm-hmm. that your, your heart can pump properly in the right way. Oh, I see. Wow, that's very interesting. So after that, you completely change your lifestyle and your diet? Or actually, have you always been leading a healthy life anyways? Well, that's the thing. I thought I was leading a healthy yeah. life. It yeah. turns out I wasn't. <laughs> and <laughs> I think it, I mean, it's, it's funny to say that we, we, I certainly can say, you know, I never change unless there's something like a huge that happens to me. And I think this is a trigger. They actually mm-hmm. go, hey, hang on a moment. I don't think I'm looking after myself as well as I think I was. Mm-hmm. So let's ask a new question or ask new questions to new people and see what's happening or see what I can mm-hmm. learn and do better. And that was when I realized there could be a different way of looking after myself other than just the normal, like mm-hmm. taking medicine or like relying on you know what we normally do as conventional things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so something alternative basically yeah yeah actually that brings me to my next question which is about alternative medicine and functional medicine because Mm. a lot of people are talking about that right now 
And as like a Chinese Hong Kong person who also spent a part of your time in Sydney, I'm just wondering what your views are on on TCM and functional medicine. Yeah, so I think when I when I was well, when before the heart surgery, I think I had some some assumptions about TCM and you know, alternative medicines. But I think it's more ignorance. I, I didn't really know too much about mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And then I think after the surgery, I had more time to actually you know, ask more people and read up uh, on it. I think it really is, well, this may be my opinion. A lot of times we just kind of uh, use these labels and we kind of make a assumption or like think of it in a certain way. And but at the end of the day, it's really just one thing. Right. And the thing is, like, it's really just about how your body deals with stress. Mm. And I think in terms of uh, alternative, holistic or TCM, it really is about finding balance so that your body doesn't need to do too much or overexert itself to okay. rebalance yourself. Right. Like it needs to be yeah. holistic. Yeah. Right. So holistic in a way that your body is a system holistic. I suppose when I when I first heard of holistic I thought okay how could something you eat or take look after everything in every part of your body it's it's that was one of my assumptions I'm not sure if uh, anyone else has that assumption Mm. but yeah now I understand of uh, looking at the whole system something's out of balance you need to kind of find a way to rebalance it right and is this sort of one of your inspirations behind beams wanting coffee to not just be just something people are used to drinking every day, but also has its own nutritional benefits. Yeah, definitely. I think beans, beans, well, I think there is a philosophy in beans and how we actually did it. And we try to make it, you know, flow with each other. But the philosophy was like the body itself is such an amazing um, machine or amazing system that it actually has all the solutions inside ourselves or, you know, for us to be healthy and so it was kind of a, a extension of that was like human potential is really limitless so mm-hmm. we just need to find a way to access that and so when I thought about how to access it kind of overwhelmed me how do I access my potential right it sounds right like, so up in the air I love that. Yeah. <laughs> but really when I look back on my life the biggest changes I've made and the biggest kind of results I've ever made was just changing something very little in my habit or routine Mm, yes like yes really finding like something I really love doing and then just stacking something on top of it kind yeah like a, it, is it know. are you talking about <laughs> James Clear's Atomic Habits did you read that book yeah yeah that was one of the books I read yes uh, exactly he talks yeah, a lot about exactly. how to incorporate habits into your routine so that they stick exactly and I just thought why don't I just apply that to my my health if it works in certain mm-hmm. oh I, I use it to break to gain better habits, like more running. But I thought maybe I could apply it to my nutrition, my health. And mm-hmm, yeah, I just, mm-hmm. just thought of a way of saying, well, what do I actually like taking every day? Like, And hands down for me, it was coffee every day. So yeah. how could I make my coffee better? So mm. that kind of came together, coffee and then the philosophy of human potential being limitless, how to access that, access it through a coffee habit that I, that yeah. I have and add really good stuff into it and that kind of led towards being wow. the business being hey I think more people would be interested in in this not just me right so mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. yeah 
And before Beams, do you know of any other coffee brands that have integrated mushrooms or other adaptogenic ingredients in their blends? There's like Four Sigmatic and... Four Sigmatic is completely caffeine-free, right? Whereas Beams has coffee beans in it. That's that's what I thought the difference was. Oh, well, I can say for us, we definitely have coffee. We do have one that's decaf now. Or for us, at least, we try to make it like a coffee drink that's really nice. I haven't tried Four Sigmatics, but I know a lot of people like it. Yeah. But anyways, so I was wondering why you named Beams Beams. Like, is there any meaning behind the name? Yeah, Beams. Well, this might sound a bit airy-fairy. So I have have a dream of going into space one day. I'm also very influenced by movies. So one of my favorite, well, two of my favorite movies is Blade Runner and Gattaca. So both of them are about space. Blade Runner, Blade Runner you know. Yeah, it's about space. Oh, it's about space, yeah. And Blade Runner, I think there was this line at the end of the movie when Batty is about to cock it, basically. He says, you know, the things he's seen in life was worth it. And one of these things that he saw was sea beams. So beams in space, basically. Mm. And it was very beautiful for him. And to connect it with Gattaca, it's basically about two brothers, one being a normal kid, and the other being genetically modified to be perfect. And okay. uh, in the end, they, com- they compete with each other. But the one with no genetic modification in the end reaches his dreams. Conquers oh, his weaknesses. wow. I like yeah. that. I like that. It's not what you expect, right? Okay. Like you would yeah. expect the genetically modified one to, to do better. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, fascinating. That's, okay, that's, so, yeah. so but how does that relate to your brand, Beams? It's just because you like... The idea of beams in space? Well, I suppose beams meaning like if you think of us as our dreams or our hopes or what we want to achieve, they're kind of our beams, right? So mm-hmm. we want to shoot or, or I suppose reach for the stars right. and we okay. go out there and do it. I see. I love that. I love yeah. that. <laughs> so I know that apart from the coffee itself having nutritional value, you guys are also very much into sustainability and the coffee capsules are compostable and biodegradable. I think they're made of paper and sugarcane, right? A combination of both. Can you explain a bit more about the process of figuring how to create this? Because I'm sure it's, it's not easy to figure out how to create something that is completely plant-based. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it might sound more complicated than it is, but I'll, I'll try to explain it in the sense that I think the objective was to find something that didn't add more waste. And I think aluminium in the in the coffee pots that we use nowadays adds a lot of waste to landfill. So we just basically went and tried to find a supplier that had these biocompostable capsules already and they were willing to help us fill it up with coffee and mushrooms. And so we found I think one or two. One was here in, in, in Australia. Mm-hmm. The other one was in Singapore. And we just contacted them directly and, you know, they, they had it already and we just used them. So mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. as complicated. Okay. Because, uh, okay. We just found a supplier. Yeah. yeah. But it's actually really, you know how we were talking about habits just now, just yeah. taking your regular aluminum coffee pot and putting it in the Nespresso machi- machine sometimes is just so routine in the morning that you forget, you completely forget that it just goes to a landfill afterwards and it, and it won't yeah. be able to biodegrade for I'm not sure how many years. And it's again, like what you said, changing your habit and being aware of 
what like this little thing that you're doing can harm the planet right and and i love that you guys set out to solve that problem yeah thank you i mean i think i think if we're going to be in the health business yeah you don't want to help your help your clients or your people your community to be healthy and then step out into a world where it's just not healthy itself Mm. (laughs) so that would defeat the purpose of being healthy in the first place that makes so much sense and actually then my next question is about the triple bottom line right like a lot of people are talking Mm. about the bottom line nowadays not being only profits and finances but also people and the planet the triple bottom line and i know that beams is very much a business that focus focuses on all three of those things but at the same time i'm wondering whether being a sustainable business will put more strain into your finances yeah it's hard yeah question hard we could definitely make our products way cheaper (laughs) and price it way cheaper i think you know we're at least three times the price of aluminium capsules with normal coffee but at the same time i think it's a blessing because a lot of businesses are moving towards sustainability or sustainable business model. So to actually go in the deep end and actually try and figure it out and make it profitable. Yeah, you're right. Making it profitable is important for us so mm-hmm. that we continue mm-hmm. serving people. But I suppose it's a good thing that we're trying to do it right now and figuring it out. And yeah, it's hard, but I think at the end of the day, it's something that's worth doing is always hard. So yes. Yeah, just just going by our mission, our values, just making sure that we don't add more ways where we we make people healthy and also have a have a healthy environment to live in as well. And living life on your own terms means that you can do whatever you want whenever you want. It also means like going out mm-hmm. and running mm-hmm. like a beautiful environment. Yeah, that's worth working towards. Yeah. yeah, and I suppose the business kind of way of thinking is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. your head of the curve is much better than you know more mature or maybe you know being obsolete so we're definitely ahead of the curve and it's just about working through a lot of these issues and problems and and also looking at the opportunities and just working out mm-hmm. how to how to maximize that right right and you know how you mentioned your product is three times more expensive than it could be so like mm-hmm. i was just wondering what the added cost is there by making it sustainable like what is the most expensive part compared to if you didn't make it sustainable yeah I, most expensive i think is the capsule itself oh um, okay okay and yeah so i uh, think of a box we have 10 inside so there's 10 capsules that are you know compostable with their own ip and and you know patents and everything and it's like you know, uh... technology technologically it's quite smart what they've done and then the next part is we try to make sure we source our coffee from coffee farms and suppliers mm. that actually have our same values, like ethically sourced and uh, organic coffee beans. Mm-hmm. So that's also expensive cost on top. And then finally, we make sure that the packaging itself, the box itself, is using recycled and soy ink-based you know, ink printing colors so yeah. it doesn't hurt the environment as well. So that's... Yeah it itself also is a little bit more expensive i respect that and the branding is is done amazingly the packaging and the branding i mean i love the boxes 
So going back to the coffee sourcing, that's actually something I'm very interested in as well. And I just Mm -hmm. wrote an article about coffee and agroforestry, about how coffee farming can be more sustainable. And it's, and that article was exploring how agroforestry is a way of more sustainable coffee farming. And for, for the listeners who don't really know what that is, that's basically where you grow coffee in more like an environment that mimics more of its natural environment with a variety of different plants instead of growing it on a normal coffee farm that is or a conventional coffee farm where it's only monoculture. So all the crops are coffee plants. So I was wondering, Herman, whether Beams Coffee Beans, like coffee farms, use what methods of, of coffee farming do you guys use? Yeah. Well, firstly, we, we have a we have a coffee blend, so that means like each coffee has multiple coffee beans inside of them. Yeah. So it's quite interesting. So, yeah. so you work with different um, farms as well. Well, we work through the roasters, and they have at their suppliers, and oh. then we actually asked our coffee roasters to provide all the farms and their stories to us, so they mm-hmm. actually actually could go through them. Mm-hmm. And truly, truly amazing stuff happens on coffee farms, and you no, know, I think. One of them that I love so much. So, <laughs> so one of the farms is a Indian coffee farm, and they only grow robusta beans, and mm. it's amazing in the sense that the fertilizer they use is, uh, you know, the mulch and the fertilizer comes from the on on-site worm farms. And worm then, farms. Um, yeah, they're worm farms. So they sorry. The so the, they use fertilizers from worm farms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they'll, you know, go through the dirt and just make the whole soil more fertile. Okay. And then they use that as their fertilizer instead of buying other stuff to make it, you know, oh. using chemicals, for example. Right. So they, put, you mean they put worms in their coffee, on their coffee farms? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, uh, use, yeah, they I use see. worms to make more fertilizer to fertilize the coffee. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So that's one thing that's very unique. And yeah. the second thing that really caught my eye was to grow coffee is a very delicate process. So a lot of fertilizer is used. I'm sorry, not fertilizer. A lot of uh, pesticide is used. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of these chemicals you know, from from these pesticides you know, flow on into the food and maybe get into your system. But instead, this coffee farm uses Ayurvedic medicine as the pesticide. So natural herb medicine to mm-hmm. ward off pests that would eat the co- uh, the coffee. So I also found that super, super interesting. That um, is really interesting. So they use spices and herbs to ward off pests? Well, it, yeah. So think of plants that mm-hmm. are natural enemies to pests that would eat the coffee beans. And so mm-hmm. they would use those plants and make it into a spray and use that to ward off pests. That is really interesting because... I, I guess I always think of pesticides as something that is toxic and poisonous. And I would never think of plants, any type of plant almost, as having that sort of same toxicity. So so it's interesting that they applied this concept to creating a pesticide. I mean, like a natural yeah. pesticide. That's fascinating. And I'm <laughs> sure as a, like as a founder, it must be so exciting to be able to talk to these roasters and learn the stories about the farmers. Like that's part of what mm. makes it so exciting, right? Well, it would be even more exciting if I could travel. If you, India, I'm actually. sure you that's can. Too, I mean, to hear these stories. And, you know, for, for the coffee roaster, they are, they themselves, I mean, our partners, our coffee roasters are also big sustainability bugs. Like they're, they're big on it as well. So 
to learn more upstream, to learn more of their farms and who they work with, super massively interesting because, you know, they've been in the game longer than I. I I've only been here at most one year and they've been here yeah. for longer than me at least. Yeah. Right? So I get to learn and I get to stand on top of their shoulders mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. in a way of speaking. Yeah. yeah. And do you only work with one roaster or you work with multiple? We, we work with multiple. Well, I'm very lucky here in Sydney and in Australia in general to have because Australian really coffee is just amazing. I actually went out <laughs> in Sydney last year before COVID. I did a barista course in Sydney. Uh-huh. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> is that something you, you so do you have a barista certification as well? No, I don't have a barista certification. Yeah. I love drinking coffee. So I suppose, mm-hmm. you know, I, I could certify myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, but no, I, I mean the good thing is working with these coffee roasters, we kind of borrow their baristas to test our coffee as well. Mm-hmm. So every time we have a new, you know, slightly change in our product or a slight change in the formula, we get to test it on these baristas. And yeah, they give us their their honest opinion. And, you know, it's so far so good. Mm-hmm. Actually, something else I thought of was, you know how, like with, with everything, with coffee roasting, mm-hmm. coffee farming, there are probably a lot of certifications, but watching Seaspiracy recently, which have you watched it? Oh, I've been talking about it, but yeah, I haven't yeah. watched it yet. And <laughs> part, of, part of the documentary is about how some of these licenses and certifications are, are just a form of greenwashing. Like the people... Mm who run it you you have to pay them and they don't actually monitor to make sure that what they're promising is actually is actually happening so i'm wondering whether you have any mechanisms in place to make sure what you guys do are as sustainable as possible or that that what you're paying for is actually executed yeah we it's a good question and you know a lot of this stuff comes down to trust and so we go back to our copyright we make sure that they have this certificate and they actually explain it to us what it is. And I think a lot of times we, for coffee at least, it's fair trade or organic. We, we, we kind of ask our coffee roasters to give us more than fair trade. So what else is fair trade? Fair trade is great. What else is fair? And they do give yeah. us that. But yeah, like besides, well, the only way I suppose to have absolute trust is for me or for someone on the coffee roaster side to actually go to the farms and actually see them do mm. what they say. Yeah. Which is kind of very difficult right now. And, it is quite difficult you know, right now. So I was actually having this conversation just last night and uh, we were talking about how we build trust. And the amazing thing now with uh, blockchain is to actually create a blockchain, possibly an NFT. <laughs> so it's just buzzwords now to actually just record every part of the process of the approval and the certification to make sure they all record it in the blockchain. Right. So that could be a future, future wow. um, way to solve it. But yeah, it's, that's it's really interesting. Very, um, yeah. yeah like, I think at the end of the day, when we talk about, or well, in the documentary that you uh, mentioned, I think it comes down to having eyes on the ground and having someone verify the story that we've been told, right? The narrative has to be verified. I think sometimes it's very difficult already without COVID to actually fly to these farms all the time, every time of the year to just check up on them. Obviously we can get third parties to do that, but that's really just a bandaid of the solution. But yeah, block, blockchain or just making sure that the certificates that lined up and yeah, recorded yeah. could be a solution. 
Yeah. Love that. Very entrepreneurial. And <laughs> I actually wanted to ask you, having worked in various startups and in China, right? Like, have mm-hmm. you applied any of those lessons to uh, launching Beams? Yeah, yeah, every lesson. I think the amazing thing about working in businesses and startups in China is um, they go at ten times the speed of yeah, anywhere else in the world, almost. So really, you get to yeah, they go super fast. I think fast is maybe the wrong word. They they try different things more in less time. Okay,、um, they take like a fail fast, fall fast well, approach. Fail fast to like. Like the extreme degree. <laughs> so, wow! So I think one week we would we would try everything and fail everything, and then one thing would work, and that one thing would progress us. And that's how I see things now as well,、mm-hmm. which is nothing is impossible. You just have to expand your mind and just just ask yourself: Is there anything that that's limiting yourself, or are you trying to like? Is there something that you could think more of or do more of? Because You know, there is also there's there's always a solution, and I I try to apply that to my business. Right.、Uh, I try to teach that as well, or influence my two sisters to think like that as well. Yeah, yeah, I love that spirit.、Yeah. So, have you worked in any food related startups? Well, I suppose I have in a way. So, in Shanghai, I helped my boss, my previous boss, to kickstart or to start a supermarket. You know, back in Hong Kong, I. With a few friends,、uh, we founded a little bar and restaurant、mm-hmm. in Shenwan. So yeah, I, I would say、okay. F&B. Yeah, I have, but not a food on, product. But not like a real、right. food product, my own food product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and if you can start anything up, what would be your next ideal venture? Yeah, good question. I I'll probably have to explain it. A step before that, you know, I've always been interested in starting something myself, and I mean, it could have been something in finance, or it could have been something in property. That was something I used to do, but yeah, I settled with food as being because food is such a such a direct connection with clients. You know, I think there's something romantic about food.、Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone takes it; it really creates the emotional response if you do it right. I、so、agree. I, I agree.、Uh, I think so as well. I think if it was the next thing. It has to be a much bigger impact. I think,、mm-hmm. you know, I think for beams, it's all about starting small and then building habits that create big results.、Mm-hmm. So I think the next venture could be let's start big and let's increase the 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 impact we can have with many many more people in one go. Wow. Wow, that's really exciting. I mean, whatever, whatever it is, I definitely feel your passion. So, going back to beams, I think being a sustainable brand really involves so many factors, like what you said, from from sourcing the coffee, distributing it, and then working with roasters to packaging. Every single aspect, like if you want to use the word sustainability, people will people will actually look into your brand and see if it is sustainable, right? And I think that can be quite overwhelming for a lot of Startups like a lot of young people who do want to make their brand sustainable, but they don't know where to start. So, what advice would you give someone trying to launch a sustainable food business? My advice would be just to start it.、Mm-hmm. Like, I think a lot of people overwhelm themselves or try to make it perfect before they launch. And I think yes, get it to be sustainable, but 
just make sure that you have a definition of success at your, as your first product. Mm. So I think our first uh, edition of our product was to make sure you know, we wouldn't be as bad as aluminum capsules. That mm. was the definition of our first product. And we just got that out there. And then later on, we improved it with, you know, creating better governance systems. And then the next thing we use is, okay, we're going to change the packaging. And then I think, you know, a coffee supplier kind of gave us coffee beans that were not up to our standards. We changed suppliers, you know. So it's just continuous improvement, continuous iteration to get to a better, better, better product that is up to our standards of sustainability and eco-friendliness. Mm. So I think a lot of people get stuck being, I want to get the perfect product out there. If not, I'm not going to get it out there. Mm. Well, that's unfortunate because we need you out there, but yeah. you're not. But you, you need know, to take the first step first. Out there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And what do you think is the biggest thing you've faced so far since launching Beams? The biggest challenge? Yeah. Well, I think challenges, in my mind, I, I put challenges in two columns, internal and external. So okay. I think externally, you know, things like, for example, we had like a big rain patch in Sydney. And, oh, I remember um, that. That was early last year, was it? Oh, no, it was just, uh, just a month ago, I think. Oh, okay. Weeks ago. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had big, big rains across Sydney and most of our products get shipped from Sydney airport to, to Hong Kong airport. And so okay. because it was raining so bad, most of our coffee got wet on the tarmac. And so we had to write off half of it. So oh, no. that's one of the challenges. Mm. It's just like surprises, right? You mm-hmm. just have to, you can't prepare for these. You just have to deal with them. Right. Um, but, but lesson learned. Next time we'll make sure we have, uh, we'll make sure it's waterproof. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, so, but no, I think the bigger challenges are internal. I think internal, like, you know. Like, like working said, with your sisters? <laughs> Well, I think, yes, it's a challenge, but it's also very much something I look forward to every morning. Yeah. Uh, but internal things like, am I am I holding myself back from making this better? Or am I not moving to more markets? Am I am mm-hmm. I going too slow? Am I going too fast? You know, mm-hmm. I, am I asking the right questions? Am I, you know, partnering right. up with the right sustainability partners? Things like that, I think, you know, like biggest challenges for sure like I think every businesses have their own unique challenges but I think mm-hmm. internal challenges everyone has those mm-hmm. and yeah like it's just the same you and me absolutely the same we go through the same challenges but you know we just have to work through them yeah yeah I mean I feel you guys are doing amazing so far because you just launched 2020 right was that early 2020 or yeah mid- well we we started to formulate the product early 2020 and then we launched it in September last year Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so nine months to figure out the coffee flavors the pods and the whole mechanism behind it and also nine months and COVID nine months and COVID exactly exactly (laughs) I'm very impressed I think you know when you work with people you really absolutely trust and enjoy having that working relationship I'm I'm talking about well I think I think things can happen. Yeah. I mean, have you guys ever thought that you would start a business together as a family? Yeah. I'm not sure about Sharon or Chamonix, but I can tell you my side. I actually try to avoid 
starting a business with my family or my two siblings because you know working overseas with other people I could see like working in a business or working together could cause conflict issues so that was one thing that I was trying to avoid but I kind of kind of like how things change when you go through pain or for a, for a moment in time where you have to reassess like after after surgery I just thought why not like I think mm-hmm. there's so much I've learned outside I think something this valuable and this fun you should share it with the people closest to you so I just said yeah why not let's do it and there there were my two sisters were super supportive of this idea at the very start mm-hmm. and they were the ones that pushed me to start doing it you know when COVID shut down everything yeah and they gave me that belief that we could do it yeah so yeah I think it was a awesome decision I love that so if COVID didn't happen, would you still have started it? Because I, I know you were traveling a while before before COVID happened, right? Yeah, yeah. I was traveling in Saigon or Ho Chi Minh City before COVID hit. And, you know, I think I think it could have been different. I think Beams was definitely something in the back of my mind when I traveled to Ho Chi Minh and met some coffee entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think it was COVID that, Obviously, I went back to Sydney and COVID made sure that I stayed in one place. Yeah. And I think once you stay in one place and you're stuck here, you start going, okay, I want to do anything, anything to get myself busy again. Enough enough Netflix, enough anything, you know. I want to. So, yeah, Beans could be, yeah, you could, you're kind of right. Not Beans happened because of COVID. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, congratulations for starting Beams. And what is next for Beams then? what's what's coming up i think obviously i mentioned we're you know coming out with a decaf flavor yeah also with mushrooms and stuff. Yeah. so yeah. um very excited we're moving to other markets so we want to start or want to move into australia and also share it with our fans in singapore and then we just we're not just coffee i think the next evolution is actually trying to bring more nutritional consultations and content to people and hopefully in the future different products that isn't just coffee but you can maybe use it in your daily routine or regimen yeah wow that's really exciting so not coffee but food products or drinks or you can't really reveal yet <laughs> well, i think there's like so many ideas floating around i think it yeah, could yeah, be yeah, a drink. yeah uh it could be something that you use every day, mm. uh, but not eating and not drinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But going back to sort of offering your product to different countries now, a lot of people mm. or a lot of brands are talking about carbon emissions as well of transportation. And some brands sort of offset their carbon by paying for carbon offsetting projects. Like, is that, is the transportation aspect something you're thinking about as well? Yeah, I think term, we're trying to be B Corp certified. So that's okay. Right. That's a long journey. Yes. Uh, but yeah, like I think the first step towards making sure our logistics and our delivery is you know, carbon neutral is to actually have uh, a partner that can measure it. So we're trying to find out how we can measure that, that side of the business. Mm-hmm. And once we have the optics and measure it, then we can actually do something about it. Uh, mm-hmm. Or else we'll just be flying in the wind blind. Mm-hmm. So yeah, at the moment, mm-hmm. just little steps like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's all really exciting though <laughs> i can't wait to try the yeah. other beams flavors 
Please do. Yes, for sure. <laughs> okay, so before I end, I always ask my guests three up to some good mm-hmm. questions. And the first mm-hmm. question is, if I gave you $1 million, what would you do with it right now? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, it's a huge opportunity, a million bucks. And I would actually invest in other entrepreneurs. So, you know, like people who are trying to start a business which is sustainable or has social impact, just to get them off the ground. You know, 10000 is a lot already. Mm-hmm. 25000 is quite a lot already. Yeah. So I think twenty five. That let's say a 25000 check. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, and a million to spend. I think we can actually help a lot of great entrepreneurs start their dreams and yeah. start their journey. That's, so I would do that. Well, that's really thoughtful using that money to invest back into into the society, into other and into other social impact businesses. But actually, when Beams launched, did you guys did you guys look for funding, or is it completely out of your own pockets? Yeah, it's completely out of my pockets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was something. I suppose back to that question, you know, I, I, it was COVID and I just thought if I was, if I used um, COVID as an excuse to not start, it would never take off. Mm. So it's just burn the boat, put the, put the capital down and just let's, let's start swinging for the fences. Okay. Okay. I see. And secondly, can you tell me about an individual or a business, which you think has been up to some good lately? Yeah. There was this firm or this startup that I got introduced to. I think it was trying to use the pattern in shark skin, 3D printed. Okay. Not a swimsuit, but they're trying to basically replicate the pattern into onto like 747s, like passenger jets. Okay. Okay. Actual 747s. What's the point of this? So they. they So the point. the point is like a shark has skin, their skin is very efficient in um, moving away water and decreasing drag and resistance. So if you to print it onto a plane, you could actually decrease the drag and then decrease the fuel consumption of, wow. of that plane. And so in that process, you would have less carbon emissions from the use of petrol and fuel. Wow, that's really fascinating. Oh, now I understand because initially I thought you meant just visually they were printing the pattern of a shark's skin in onto a plane. So I thought it was just for aesthetic effect. But what you mean no. is actually incorporating the whole the texture and the functionality. Oh, I see. So is it yeah. actually like is this a concept or is this something that is executed already? Yeah, it's actually an Australian startup. And oh, what is this? What is it called? In America, I think it's called Microtel. Mm-hmm. Microtel. I think it's. I think it's pronounced oh that my way. Gosh. Um, very, interesting. very interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. Lastly, what do you feel like doing when you are up to no good? What's What's? Yeah. I mean, the boring answer is I just go and drink some craft beer with some mates. But you know, if I am absolutely, you know playful i love pranking people i love pranking my family members <laughs> so uh okay. so adding, adding chili what was the worst prank you did chili. i don't know i think i mean changing clocks is kind of like the entry level oh my of god pranks. just going out and not telling people and just like oh what are you doing like we thought we were to meet up at a certain time just trying to 
make them more confused than before. Yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> okay. okay, okay. I like I like that. I like that. Okay, yeah. so before we end, where can people find uh, more information about Beams? Yeah, um, online, um, both online and offline. Yeah, I mean online. We're have a we have an uh, Instagram account, Beams Coffee, Facebook, Beams Coffee. But you can also find around Hong Kong at the moment in the landmark in uh, Lee Gardens at the Cakery, Alive Foods in uh, Shanghai Bowl, and mm-hmm. also Stories at K11. Mm-hmm. So, I'm impressed you remember all of the vendors. <laughs> I um, almost forgot one. So yeah, they yeah. Absolutely kill me for that. Thank you so much for being here today. When do you think you'll be staying there for still for a while, or or are you planning to come back to Hong Kong? I'm definitely planning to come back to Hong Kong when when there's a flight. I mean, there's flights now, but definitely yeah. looking for a better price flight. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. so short, short answer is I, I I will definitely be back in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can't wait to see what you what well, like where Beams goes next and to try all the amazing products that you guys develop. So thank you again, and it was amazing thank speaking you. to you. Yeah, thank you so much, Herman. And a big shout out to to Shamini and Sharon as well. Beams is is all of their achievement and it's their baby. So congratulations to all three of you. As always, thank you again for tuning in to this episode of Up to Some Good. I'm really happy that you're all on this journey with me to learn more about inspiring individuals, organizations, and projects that are giving back to this planet and to our society. If you enjoyed this episode, Remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. You can also follow us on Instagram at upto underscore some good for podcast updates, as well as other content about social impact and sustainability. If there's a person in your life who you think would enjoy this episode, please share it with them. I always think that sharing inspiration and things we learn is a form of sending and sharing love, especially during this time of COVID, when a lot of us can't really see our friends and family in person. It's really good to connect in this way. Also, if you think that there's a person around you or businesses around you who are doing good and giving back to our society and the planet, please feel free to DM me and share more of their details with me. I'd love to be able to learn about them and feature their story. In the meantime, stay healthy, do some good, and see you next time.